Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast and welcome to a new year. We are keeping the Denning family dream alive with family adventures. In December, we traveled through New York City, Norway, Denmark, Sweden, Finland, and Estonia. And currently I'm recording this from Riga, Latvia. We've had some questions about the logistics of traveling with a family, which we're going to discuss in this episode. How do we do it? What do we do with our stuff? How do we make it work? We also get philosophical, of course, and talk about how travel has been a tool for helping us and our children to become assets instead of just having assets. We explain why we believe that travel is one of the non-negotiables for becoming well-educated. Warren Buffett once said that the very best investment you can make is into yourself. This episode explains how travel is an investment into the development of yourself and your children. And along the way, we give tips, strategies, and answer questions about how we have done it with seven children during the past 16 years to 50 countries on five continents. If you're interested in learning more about creating an extraordinary family life, then make sure to sign up for our Extraordinary Family Life Formula membership. It includes 250 hours of video content and training from Greg and Rachel Denning on marriage, parenting, family culture, lifestyle design, mastering and earning more money, and so much more. It also includes meeting live with us once a month for an hour. Click the link in the show notes for a special discount. If you enjoy this episode or any of our episodes, would you please do us a favor and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or at our website, podcast.extraordinaryfamilylife.com. When you leave us a rating and a review, it helps to make this world a better place by getting this podcast into the ears of more parents. Parents are the molders and shapers of the future generations. We all need all the help we can get to be the best people and the best parents we can. Families with thriving parents raise thriving children who grow up to have a positive impact on their own families and communities, which leads to better nations and a better world. So you can have an impact by taking a minute to share the podcast with someone who will benefit from it and by leaving a rating or review. And make sure to follow us on Instagram if you're not already. You can find us at World School Family or at Greg.Denny. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Extraordinary Family Life Podcast. We are your hosts, Greg and Rachel Denning, and we are bringing this party straight from Riga, Latvia. I'm trying to make sure I get my countries right and cities right because we right. have been on a whirlwind. Because yesterday we were in Tallinn, Estonia. Estonia, which is now one of our new favorite cities. It was amazing. Absolutely Celebrated incredible New Year's there. Had a view town. right out the hotel window of the church steeple and the fireworks going off at midnight. It was it awesome. Was, I loved it. It was super special. Uh, before that, we were in... Finland. Finland. Three different three, cities, yeah, three which different was cities maybe there. a little too much for Finland. <laughs> but it was, it was super cool. I think it was cool. And then uh, we were in the Åland Islands before for that. a few hours. And had a total <laughs> fiasco, which happens very disappointing it was not great <laughs> but that happens you go out traveling <laughs> and you lay out all these plans and some of them are bound to be bleh. the plans worked out fine they just weren't great plans because it ended up being an unnecessary stop that re resulted in um 
It just didn't work out. Time but to be we've, here. we've been in the Holland Islands in the middle yeah. of winter, freezing but cold. And then before that, we were in Stockholm, Sweden, which is also one of my new which favorite cities. Was actually too short. We only spent one night there. Yeah, we should have spent, spent a more lot there. more time there because there was so much. Before that, we were in uh, Kubenavn or Copenhagen, Denmark. For two nights. And, which was cool. And Could interesting, unique, yeah. And then before that, of course, we spent three weeks in Norway, which is now mm, a new favorite country. Wow, by <laughs> far for the whole family. We just and we want to go back. Love, love, love Norway. And we even went up to Tromsø, which is about 250 miles north of the Arctic Circle. 225. Okay, 225. And wow. What a great place. Wow, what a bucket list place and, and bucket list adventures and activities including many of you have seen and heard we we did some polar plunges up there jumping in that water and it was 13 degrees outside and we dog sledding dog sleds reindeer, reindeer. Like, wow man it just was a really awesome. cool place did a and nighttime cruise to go see the northern lights and got mm -hmm. to see a little green zipper across the sky uh, it was awesome and definitely a place I want to go back to again. In fact, I mean, we've been talking about going back this summer. We yeah. loved it so much. And cool. I think I definitely want to do another trip there again. Yeah. It's the different, I don't know, the, the people were... Friendly. The the whole country, the pe everything. I'm going to do a podcast on the Be The Man podcast about the contrast that was so palpable going from New York City to Norway. The It, it was such... A contrast, such a difference, and there was a lot to be learned from it. I'm going to do that on another podcast, but, but anyways, we're we're over here um, keeping the Denning family dream alive of traveling um, extensively. We we love it. We absolutely love it. Been out for weeks, and we're we still have many months to go. Uh, we're out for a long, another long adventure. We, we do these often, these multi-month adventures. This one's going to be. It keeps getting Huge. extended. That's <laughs> <laughs> really uh, big. At so, this point, we have a trip planned for sure in to Scotland in the summertime. Yep. And then maybe after that, we will go to Portugal and actually set up our home base. Yeah. But we'll see. But in between there, we're leading trips. So if you guys, we hope some of you will come out and join us. We're leading trips to Istanbul, Turkey. Mm -hmm. We're leading trip to Jerusalem mm -hmm. and to Jordan. Maybe e you know, Egypt mm -hmm. is on there. I want to go to Oman. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Still, I think we'll it's see. gonna be too hot by the time we. Even go if it's those. hot, we gotta go to Oman. But we're doing a trip. We're leading a trip to Scotland. Uh, that one's getting pretty that full. That one's almost full. That's probably full actually. already. Uh, that's gonna be epic. Um, but you guys, you're, we're out having adventures, and whether or not your family dream or adventure is to travel, we hope that by hearing our story of going out and doing it, it inspires you to live your family dream, whatever that looks like. So it doesn't have to look like ours, but we, we wanna share the message of go follow your dream. I do wanna throw this in there though. We went through these phases very early on when we started traveling. We were like, man, this is great. Everybody should travel. And it was interesting how much kickback we got. I mean, people would vehemently, adamantly like, Travel's not for everyone. No, people want to travel. So I was like, whoa, geez, I figured everyone wanted to travel. And so we backed off for a while, and, and I, you know, I, didn't, I didn't openly and um, boldly say you should get out and travel. I've come back now to 
because of the growth, and this is what we're talking about today. We're talking about we're going to cover some logistics today for you guys to answer a lot of questions because a bunch of you are like, hey, I want to do things like this. How do we do it? But we're also going to cover the big philosophy of, of why, why this kind of investing or unconventional methods of investing in yourself and your children. But I do want to say uh, boldly, without reservation, you need to get out and travel. And you need to get your kids out and travel because there are things that can only be learned through travel. Well, and I'm glad you said that because I actually was going to say that when you were saying that not everyone needs to live our dream. And that's true. Not everyone needs to do these big long-term travel or full-time travel experiences. But everyone, as you said, we've come to this conclusion. Everyone does need to travel. I just... At this point, I think we believe that is one of the non-negotiables of becoming well-educated. Yep. Because there's so much you learn and experience and and you have this widening of the mind that can't be accomplished in any other way. Even for me, I mean, I feel like I'm a fairly seasoned traveler. You too as well, you know, you've now been to 50 countries. I'm almost to 50. Um, our six-year-old today crossed off her 25th country, you know, and she's all excited <laughs> about it. But I, I come to a place like Latvia that's never been really on my radar. Yep. And there's a whole history of life here. I mean, there are people like who have very, lived their entire lives here. Very long history. And there are people thousands that have been, of years. Yeah, people that have been living here for thousands of years. And what that does to my brain to try to contemplate, wow, here's a whole swath of history and people that and you've humanity. never even thought about. Yeah, exactly. And they have an entire world that exists that you don't even you know nothing, nothing. about. It just it suddenly feels like, wow, there's a whole gap yeah. in my mind that I didn't even know about. My son Kimball and I rented scooters this morning. We're cruising around Riga. Looking for laundry. For finding a laundry mat, and it worked out perfectly. And so we had the scooters, and they were 18 cents a minute. So we're like, <laughs> let's bomb these babies. And so we were just riding all. So I went on a long run this morning. I, I spent an hour running all through Riga. That's how I, that's how I, okay, there's a logistics right there. That's how I find my way around and find things and explore and learn things very quickly. As soon as I get on the end, I go running. And I just run Either all the place. that day or the next morning. Well, or I'm planning on running every morning while we're here because you, you can just run in different directions. And so I'll go see the bridges and the statues and the buildings. And I'll run past them and then take the family back and be like, we got to check out this church. And we got to mm -hmm. check out this building. And, oh, this is the coolest straight and the coolest shops. High school. Plus you figure out where the grocery stores are, yeah. the laundromat. All the, yeah. It's and a fast I, way to do that. So fast. And it's fun for me. And I talk to people, meet people. It's amazing what you see in the mornings. But Kimmel and I were out cruising on our scooters. We went on different routes. So I, I did my running route this morning. Then I'm like, you know, on the scooters, I'm like, ooh, I want to take a different route. And this road, and this street, and this alley. And we're just booking past. And I fly past this old funky-looking church. And I'm just, you know, dodging people and animals and ice and all this stuff. And I look up. And on the top of the church, it says um, 1334. <laughs> wow. 1334. And Riga, Latvia had never been on our radar. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, we just hadn't thought through that. And, and yet the history here is just phenomenal. And we were riding on the, the trolleys through town last night, and I'm just, I was looking at the people. And very, very few people speak English here. This yeah. has been interesting. <laughs> Where in, in uh, Scandinavia, man, they, like the Norwegians, all speak perfect English. It's beautiful. 
But here I'm like, and here they are. They're living out their whole lives in, in, in their, their language. He says it's, it's uh, Latvian is primary, Russian is secondary, and then some people speak English or another third language. Mm-hmm. So again, just fascinating, right? You learn so much. And so today we wanted to walk through the importance of investing unconventionally in yourself and your children and then some some very real specifics of like well what do you do with your stuff and what do you take with you and and how do you figure out like like online storage of your like data and right. work and, and <laughs> these things are like some that. of the questions we've got yeah. so i guess i guess the mix uh, we'll kind of mix it in and out mm-hmm. of, of philosophy and strategy I, I guess we'll start though with something we've said before and kind of a life philosophy we took on ourselves early on. It was Warren Buffett. Uh, he's one of the greatest investors of all time. He said, he, people were asking what to invest in, and he said, well, I'll, I'll give you the, the top three. He says, the very first thing, the most important investment you can ever make is in yourself. Number one, hands down, which is, is so profound. Number two, and I'll come back to that real quick. Number two, he said, invest in your own business. Right? You want to have your business growing and thriving. And then number three, invest in other people's businesses, and that would then begin to include uh, stocks, bonds, options, real estate, all that other stuff. But I think it's significant that you said the, the first the first thing you invest in is yourself. And, and here's one of the fundamental reasons why, and, and Rachel was talking about this before the podcast, I'm sure you'll go into it, but that's when you invest in yourself, and this includes investing in children, that's something that can't be lost. It can't be lost in a fire. Mm-hmm. Well, unless you get burned, I guess. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> but, I mean, okay. if your house burns down, if you if you spend all this time investing in nice things and then it just burns to the ground. Like we have some friends. Two years ago, a fire went through their neighborhood, just a random freaky fire, and just burned to the ground. Everything. They lost everything. Gone. Or businesses. Businesses have been built up and... and or real estate, right? Gone. I mean, it gets destroyed, whether it's in a hurricane or a flood or a bad economy, a war, whatever, it's gone. But what what you put into your mind and your character and your soul cannot be taken from you. And in fact, it's taken with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, whatever happens. And so these guys, you you read great um, biographies and autobiographies uh, about, you know, very extremely successful people and most of them had you know one, two, or three bankruptcies on the way to their their wealth. Mm-hmm. They had epic failures. You know these guys. We look at them like, oh man, they're so good at business. He's like, well, yeah, that's. I learned how to be really good at business because I failed so miserably with big businesses, right? They they just got out of hand, out of control. Or I lost them, whatever it was. And so they list the hard way. But he said, what well, you know what? With the business dies or whatever, you still have what you know. And like Brian Tracy always used to say, he's like, your number one asset is your own earning ability. Because if you lose everything, you still have the knowledge and the skills and the context to start over, to rebuild it, to get it back. Mm -hmm. So truly, truly, the best investment you could ever make is in yourself and in your children, right? Now, obviously, the children, the best investment they make in themselves, but they don't know that yet. So it's your job as a parent to invest in them. Now, traditionally, that meant school. Right. Well, and this is this is how this comes up 
and connects here, which is fascinating, because Greg was coaching a client the other day in a different country. I don't know what country we were in, but um, I was listening because I was in the hotel room, and so I could hear your side of it. You had headphones on. And you were talking about, it was another family that is actually out traveling um, because it was something they wanted, they want to do as well. And, and they were talking about this concern of feeling like, well, what about investing in say my kid's education, my kid's future, you know, maybe their college account or investing, investing in these more traditional ways. And in traditional assets. In traditional, exactly. And you were having this conversation of like, yeah, that's important. But, and you kind of went through the Warren Buffett thing there and emphasized that you are actually investing in yourself and in your children by investing in experiences and exposure, right? Like we talk about all the time. And it was especially impactful for me to hear that, you know, as kind of this third party listening because I realized that that is something we didn't know we were doing that per se. I mean, we kind of maybe thought that that's what we were doing, but we didn't fully understand it and we didn't fully grasp the enormity of it when we started doing it, especially. But now having been doing it, having done it for so many years, I mean, Since it's been... For those of you who might be new, we, we started traveling pretty full time in 2007 as a family. Right, so it's been like, 16, 17 years, something like that. And we now, we started when our oldest child was four. She's now 20. Um, and then we have our other kids that are 18, 17, almost 16. And so we're starting to see the payoffs from this un unconventional approach. And from our perspective and from outside opinions that we receive, I mean, the payoffs are pretty good. Right. They're extremely palpable and, and right. real in, in tons of ways, including financial ways, which yes. was, was insightful to us. Yes. But what it is, it's essentially that we, we took this different approach. And the, the fascinating thing about it is when I had our oldest children, they were still probably 18 months. Our oldest was 18 months. Our, our second was a baby. And I started to think, oh, I need to invest in their college education. I need to save, you know, I need to start a fund where I invest in that so they can go to college. And this to me at the time was a new thing because I, you know, I went to a little bit of college, but I paid for it myself. And my I, parents had never done that. I paid my own way. I you was, paid your own way. You got some scholarships. I was the first stuff. one in my family to go get a degree and I paid my you own way. You were the first and, one yep. in my family, you know, yep. Yep. to have a degree. So college, that was kind of a, you know, save for college, that was kind of a new idea. And I thought, I'm gonna do this. You know, this is gonna be different, it's gonna be new. I'm gonna invest in college for our kids. And so which I started- was a, Which is a cool, fun idea. You're, we're brand new parents, and we oh, have yeah. these cute little babies, and yeah. we're like, in, in 18 years, they're gonna wanna go to university. Let's start well, saving I now so we can to go to pay for, right? for university. And so that's what I set out to learn about, because I knew nothing about that. And, and who would have known that 18 years later, universities are becoming obsolete? That's another topic. We're not gonna get into that topic today. Um, but so I started reading these books, and what's so fascinating to me is that reading these books about investing like i was trying to learn what's the best way to do this like what's the best way to save for my kids future right 
it led me to expanding my mind and to learn and realize that there was more to life than I knew, that I, that I was aware of. And that took us down this whole other path that led to us, by the time this 18-month-old was four, to we sold everything, we moved, we drove to Costa Rica to live there. Like we went on this whole other journey that started as a result of that impulse. I want to invest in my kids. And so then come full circle here, now you were having this conversation with your client saying, we ended up investing in our kids in a different way. Our kids don't have a college fund, <laughs> but we ended up investing in, our, in the development of their mind and soul and body through countless experiences over the past you know, 15, 17 years that have, and this was what you emphasized, it made them an asset. It made us assets. Like it developed, it wasn't just them, of course, it developed us. And if there's any knowledge or wisdom that we happen to have, you know, if we have any, most of it has come from experiential learning that we've had through extensive travel. Combined, I think, with with our voracious hunger for learning and our curiosity and our commitment to reading, you know, our whole marriage started on reading and, and we've been devouring, both of us have been devouring books since before we met each other even. And you know, I've maintained uh, averaging a, a book a week for well over two decades. And when you combine the phenomenal book learning with the experiential learning of travel and the exposure, mm-hmm. so it's an exposure to ideas and concepts in books and an exposure to people and places and ideas and history mm-hmm and architecture and I mean, on and on and on through travel so you get you get the best best of both worlds you get the cultivation of the mind and the intellect um, but also you get the the hands-on palpable like the the taste and the touch and the smell and the, mm-hmm. the feelings and the the in-person interactions mm-hmm. it's, man it's so powerful and, and as you study the brain research, right, it's just creating this neural network yeah. of high, it's just explosive. And we can and all see that. Every one of those is an, a new neural, a new connection, neural connection that's being made that can be strengthened or, or you know, weakened. But Exactly. And as, as I mentioned this in another training somewhere else a long time ago, but it's, it's easy for us to visually conceptualize a, a brain that has, let's say, a million neural connections and a brain that has a hundred million neural connections mm-hmm. and, and that's a very real concept people who lack exposure and experience who, who just do the same thing day and out and most people just repeat that's what they do and and this is the very beginning of the year you guys so it's January 2nd right now and this year 2023 can be a repeat of last year and it will be for most people most people have they figure about 91% of their thoughts are just repeats from yesterday. And so it's fair to say that 90 plus percent of their experiences are just gonna be repeats. Mm -hmm. And so they don't have years of experience, they have the same experience year after year. They don't have a plethora of thoughts, they just have the same thoughts again and again. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very, very real thing, and I want you to visualize that, see that. 
There's a brain with a million neural connections and one with a hundred million neural connections. So it's a completely different reality scaffolding in that brain. That, exactly. That then can be, because the more connections you have, the, the bigger your scaffolding, the more you're able to comprehend and understand and the more connections you're able to make between things and objects and histories and like there's just so much more capability there. Yep. And so one of the things I remember you emphasizing with this client of yours when you were having this discussion is that you have the ability to, I'm trying to think about how you worded it, but I, I don't know if I'll get it exactly right. But the idea was you have the ability to build or save an asset for your children that you could then give to them, say a college fund or you have the opportunity to build or create them, develop them into an asset. Does that make exactly. sense? Can you see the difference there? It's so powerful. So you can have an asset or you can be yes, an asset. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and when you stop and think about it, you know, people people you know, you've, you've probably come across these questions. You'll see something online or somewhere. Somebody will ask you, like, would you rather have a million dollars or have the knowledge to gain a million dollars? And and some of us would be like, I'll take the million, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But what if you had the knowledge and ability to earn the million or create the million? Or, like, you'd want that because it's replicable. You just mm-hmm. do it again and again and again. That's real wealth. Yeah. And so would you rather have an asset or be an asset? For me all day long i'd rather be an asset and that's how i'm raising my kids to be assets and they are and it's not that's not just in our little subjective reality of what we think our kids are great they're being compensated and they're being offered opportunities because they've become assets exactly so it reminds me when you were talking about that i I have this very vivid um, memory I was pregnant with our sixth and we were living in Costa Rica and we had just moved into a house that we were going to house it and that ends up, ended up being where she was born. Um, but it was kind of, in, in a way, it wasn't our lowest point, but it was kind of a low point. We, we were trying to figure out the whole income thing, like where this was going to come from and how it was going to work. How to work online. Yeah, how to work online. And this was, was, this was back when it was just getting started. Yeah. It was tough. So we were trying to figure all of that out. We were pursuing our dream, but there were obviously challenges associated with that. And our, I remember our oldest, Kaya, who's now 20, she had a dream and she told me about it in the morning. And I remember that it just impacted me so much. She said that essentially in the dream, we met our future selves. Like it was our family and we met us in the future. And our future selves said to us, hey, if you want, you know, we can just give you all the money and everything right now and, and you can have all the success you want. Or you can go through the process of becoming us. Becoming the people who are capable of obtaining this, this, this success. And she said in the dream, we were like, oh yeah, that's what we want. We want to become those people. And I remember feeling like, wow, that's really profound, first of all, from a think she was like 10 or 11 at the time and also like validating of like yeah that's what we're doing we're going through this process of becoming the people who are capable of achieving and maintaining success long term and so that 
that's exactly what I thought of when you were describing that. that the, the, here's the conundrum with all of that. When, when we sit down and, and you're in a nice place and <laughs> in a good spot, and you say, do you want to become that kind of person? Do you want to be your best self? Most people will be like, yeah, I totally want that. And then you say, well, there's going to be some hard times. Do you want to go through some hard, you want to go through some challenging and do hard things with your family? And most people are going to be like, yeah, of course I want to go through hard things with my family. But well, then the reality. Well, some people will say no. Yeah, there's a few who say no, but most of us will still say yes. And most of the people, most of you listening, are be like, "Yeah, we want to do the hard things required to become great people. We want to support, encourage, and lead. This is important. We want to lead our children through challenges to show them how it's done, so that they can become great people. I mean, all great parents want that, hmm. and they realize that you know it's through. It's through the, the struggle. It's the struggle that makes us strong. Mm-hmm. It's your struggle. It's your kid's struggle. It's the struggle that makes us strong. And so you're like, are you willing to go through the struggle to become strong? We're like, yeah. The, the problem with that is that hard things are hard. <laughs> and when you're in it, you're like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. And, and this is like a natural impulse from just the survival brain. The survival brain is, just wakes up and says, let's get out of this. Whatever we have to do to get out of this, let's get out of this. Like, mm-hmm. I need my comforts, I need my conveniences. Let's do whatever has to be done to get out of this. And this is what this is why coaching and accountability and having mentors is so important. Because we all need our coaches to remind us of like, hey, dude, that's your survival brain talking. You're actually in the middle of what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're in the middle when you're just wanting to quit and your survival brain is just screaming, like, do whatever you have to do just to stop the pain. You have to realize, oh, wait a minute. This is my dream. This is my dream. I'm living the dream. I'm living the dream. I'm living the dream. Right now. <laughs> and, and, you're, you're, and this is what we, I, you know, I was working through with my client the other day. Just, they're so awesome and they're chasing their dream. And obviously chasing your dreams is hard. Amidst the highlights. See, we don't always think it's going to be like that. We think chasing the dream is going to be dreamy. Dreamy. But the re- the truth is, this is the hard truth that a lot of people can't accept, or this is why they give up. Because when you actually start chasing the dream, it's really hard, yeah. and it's really sometimes annoying and frustrating and terrifying and inconvenient, so and inconvenient, uncomfortable and irritating. And even as experienced travels as we travelers as we are, and as masterful of a planner as Rachel is, it is inevitable that we're going to hit some massive roadblocks. And you're like, what the? Like, I thought we were past this crap. It still still happens. happens. Things just don't work out like you think. We should just tell what happened last night. We, so first of all, we've been traveling quickly for the past two weeks because it's Christmas break and New Year's break. And so, you know, we're like, we're going to take a break from working. We're going to travel more quickly. And we're going to cover thousands of miles of five countries. Right. But inevitably you have to slow down because that's not sustainable long-term with a family when you're trying to work and do school and all of that. And that's so, a specific strategy, by the way. That's a strategy. You have to slow down. If you're going to want to do this long-term and you want to have all the great experiences, see a lot, you have to slow down and have down days 
which most people don't want to do that. They're like, I'm out traveling. And, and that's like everything. tourism. The and like, no, you, you're going to be in that city and you're going to spend the day sitting in a hotel, which resting, is what we've done today. <laughs> reading, studying, yeah. working. You've got to slow down and act, behave like in a normal day-to-day right. work day like you would at home. But you do an informed place. I mean, that's a quick strategy. But keep going with the story. So I had scheduled that into our itinerary. And so I had planned for us to do this quick travel, celebrate New Year's in Estonia. And then yesterday we took a bus from Estonia to Latvia to Riga. And I had booked these two apartments that we were going to spend the weekend doing school and work and, you know. And the pictures of the apartments look beautiful. And yesterday we took a five-hour bus and we got off and we walked for 20 minutes. Hold up. So, you guys, we've been in Norway, Denmark, Sweden, yeah. Finland. All very Tallinn, nice everything and clean. Nice and clean and neat and like hardly a police officer anywhere. I mean, there was a little bit of graffiti in uh, Copenhagen and, and some rougher spots. But we got here... And I'm I'm trying not to pass, like, definitive judgment because it was New Year's Day. <laughs> but before we left the bus terminal, I saw a bunch of drug use, some outright alcoholism, just gone. The guy's beat up, bleeding all over. I mean, I saw some <laughs> I crazy that. stuff. And there are filth and garbage everywhere, trash, the streets. Are, I mean, we just rolled into this, it seemed like, like, like we just stepped into another realm and I told the kids I'm like hey you're on high alert now like we are not in Kansas anymore Toto (laughs) this is not Norway anymore (laughs) and and you know and we've traveled to rougher spots so it's not like that's a problem per se but then so we walked 20 minutes to our apartment and you know of course we've got all of our baggage and luggage and everything and, and the kids are better at walking now the little ones especially, so that wasn't a big deal. But then we get there, and basically the instructions are like, go down this dark alley <laughs> to and the apartment. This, and it literally this was this was the iconic dark alley, dark alley. <laughs> with graffiti all over. And like mud roads yeah. and like no lights. So we no go lights. back there, and we're like, okay. And then there's and this, this old wooden... Looked like a haunted house. That's yes. <laughs> what it looked like. <laughs> building. And we had to go up these steps, and we go inside, and it smells like First, mold. It, it was terrible hard to get in. Like, the code, it was this funky code weird. So getting yeah. in was tricky. Yeah, and then it's this musty, old, moldy, like the building is rotting. The building had to be 100 years old or more. I don't know. But it's this, inside then, it's very rustic, and there's three different doors. And well, so rustic isn't the right word. It's very poorly built. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was bad. So we finally get into the apartment, you know, that we're supposed to be in, that was getting into the building, and then we get into the apartment, and it's teeny. There's actually nine of us, because we have someone traveling with us, a friend, and this was a teeny studio apartment with one bed, and we're like... And it was was like forced into (laughs) a studio. So basically, it's one room with a a kitchen, bathroom bed all right there yes. in one little spot it, it was beautifully decorated it was super cute it was nice they did a good job with the decorations but that was about it 
so we stand there for a minute and we're like, hmm, well, obviously we're not going to all fit in here. I double checked the thing. I was supposed to have another apartment, obviously, and how are we supposed to get into it? There's no instructions. Well, we take the same key and the, key, the same key happened to work on the other door for the other apartment. Those of you who can't connect the dots there, if one key opens all the doors, it's uh, not very safe. There, there's a little bit of a security issue. <laughs> Somebody was trying to save some money and everybody's got the same key. <laughs> but we opened the other apartment because then I looked at my thing and said, oh yeah, 9A and 9B. Well, we were in 9B and so we opened 9A, but 9A was a disaster. It was like filled with stuff and clothes everywhere and, and food everywhere. And we're like, oh. The bed well, undone and we're like, somebody's living somebody here. Somebody is living here <laughs> right now. So anyways, we ended up, it, this is a long detour here but the point the point is like we had to solve that problem right there like this is travel and I'm like like the point was that I'm a good travel planner and yet here we still had this obstacle that we had to solve of this is not quite what we expected it was not quite what was online and now what are we gonna do about it we have to solve this right now and so you're living the dream and even if you're on my Instagram channel you know, if you're following me on Instagram and I'm posting all these reels, now I am pretty authentic and I, I share all everything, the whole journey in our stories. But when you look at the feed, you're like, these people are living the dream. And so we have this in our mind of like living the dream is dreamy. But the reality of it is, while it does definitely have that dreamy element, because if it didn't have that at all, you wouldn't do it. No, You'd be like, what's the point? Yeah. There are those highlights. And that's why we do it, and that's why we go through the pain of doing it. But there's still a lot of pain and suffering, you know, quote unquote. It's not like it's not doable. Yeah, we're, but... we're not complaining here about our life. <laughs> no, we're, <laughs> we're not. not. We're not throwing a pity party and inviting you guys to join well, us. <laughs> well, let me let me give this context though, and this is part of the growth that happens as a result. There was a time when what happened last night, would've, I would have been yeah, in tears. Would have done you in. This time I was just like, oh, okay, well, let's find another hotel. Let's book it. You know, I don't know if we're going to get our money back or not. If we don't, oh, well, we're not staying here, <laughs> you know. And But there was a time when we first started traveling where that would have been a huge deal. Yeah. I would have felt like, that's it. We can't do it. We can't afford it. We're not. It's not going to work out. It's Why not meant travel? to happen. Why are we traveling? Like, I would have gone through that <laughs> entire process yep. when now I just know, oh, this is just a part of it. And the survival brain wants to scream out like, bad things only happen when you're out traveling or chasing your dreams, yeah. which is a lie, right? We have to constantly remind ourselves like, stuff happens. Mm -hmm. Whether you're at home or abroad, it happens. Theft happens in foreign countries and in your own country. Mm -hmm. Guess what? People get sick, even those who stay at home. <laughs> like, it just happens. And so we've got to we've got to be careful not to come up with these stories that kind of warp our realities one way or the other, mm -hmm. right? Which is super powerful. Yeah. But let's again. So the encouragement here: invest heavily in experiences, in memories, in neural connections, in exposure. Like anything you can do to invest in exposure is huge. Now uh, this has to come with a disclaimer or maybe a warning. You can throw down all the money and go out and. and you know, pay for these tens of thousands of dollars, go have these cool trips and go places, and, and you can come back unchanged. 
and so can your kids. Mm-hmm. You can come back unaffected. Like uh, like in that great book, the um, the Phantom Tollbooth, there's a little bug in there, and he's called the Woggle Bug. He swims across the sea of knowledge and gets out without getting a drop of water on him, right? And And people do that. They swim across the sea of knowledge. They go out and they have all these experiences, and they get through the whole thing without getting any of it on them. I don't know how they do that. Most of them probably just looking at their phone. So you could go see the coolest place in the world, and if you're distracted or disinterested, if you're just scrolling on wherever, you could miss out. You can miss out on the experience and exposure. So it's it actually has to be done deliberately mm-hmm. and with intention and tact and strategy. So we're, we are very, very strategic about what we do and how we do it. And well, that makes a difference. And I th- getting into one of these other strategies, I think... It also has to do with paying paying attention and how we respond to the things that do happen. And that can be with, you know, an example like last night, but it's also with other things. Because it was in another coaching session, you were talking about how, you know, you're out traveling with your kids and you're noticing that, well, they, they can't do this or they don't know how to do that or they, they make a mess or they're too loud or they break things or they're whatever. All these things that happen and we've experienced all of that but this being intentional side of it is, and, and having experience and exposure, it's basically saying, oh, here's where the deficiencies are yep. in myself, in my kids, in our family. Us traveling and going out is exposing our deficiencies. Now you can either just ignore that and say, Ugh, or, it's those people or it's that or it's Or this. you can stop doing the thing that or exposes you them. You're like, geez, exactly. whenever we try that, that exposes our deficiencies. Let's not do that anymore. Right. Or you can learn from it and then be intentional about it and make the change. And that's that's one thing that we've always done to make the travel a worthwhile investment into our children is exactly. when the, the deficiencies are exposed, which happens, and it happens every time. It's it happened on this happen. track. You it, want it's it to It's not working if it's not happening. Yeah, exactly. Then we take the time and effort to draw attention to it. To kind of call our kids out on it or ourselves and say you know what guys we noticed this that doesn't work yeah that's not good enough like you're gonna have to do better you're gonna have to be but and i've i've had those talks with our kids already um i think another perfect a perfect example of this was i think we were in helsinki i don't know and we went out for the day we were only there for two days two nights one day of real sightseeing and we went out to see the city and especially our youngest were kind of complaining they were like they just wanted to sit in the hotel which i get that you know sometimes kids want that and they need that sometimes but we were going to go out because that was our only time to go out and we'd spent the night before sitting in the hotel and they were kind of complaining about it and they didn't want to do it and we were kind of getting annoyed by it because you know we're like entitlement you know all the things all the issues are coming up and then we went to this market that I wanted to go to. It was an indoor market, and they had gelato. Now, all of a sudden, their attitude changed because they wanted some gelato. And I used that as the perfect opportunity to draw attention to their deficiencies. I said, here you've been walking around, complaining, not wanting to do what we want to do, but when you want something, then immediately you expect us to buy it for you. I said, that's not acceptable. That's not okay. You need to have a good attitude. You need to go along with the things we want to do as well because this is a part of travel. And 
you need to be pleasant about it. And if you do those things, then I want to buy gelato for you, right? I want to give you more of these positive experiences. I, I want I, to do the things you want because exactly. you've been patient while we do exactly. the things we want. It's, right. a, it's this beautiful way to yeah. be in relationships. Yeah. But, you, but here's the problem. If you don't call attention to that specifically, if you just think about it in your head and you feel resentful towards your kids. Or you don't understand like, what's going on. You just or you get don't understand angry what's happening. And bark at them. Yeah. Then that's where you were talking about you can, you know, swim through the sea of knowledge and not get wet because you don't know what's going on. Right. You're not aware of what's happening. You're just you have to be able to pay attention, notice, articulate it, and then come up with some sort of solution. And then plus, then I was able to use that as like an anchor. So now all I have to do is if my kids are, you know, starting to complain a little bit or whining about, oh, I don't want to eat this or I don't want to do that. I'm like, remember the gelato. And I specifically said those words because I wanted to anchor it. At the, when I was buying it, because I had the top first, and then I did buy them the gelato, like, you know, maybe a half hour later. But I said, I want you to remember the gelato. That you want the good things, but you're going to have to go through the uncomfortable things too. And, and you're going to have to have a good attitude about it. And so now I can use that. And they're like, okay, I will remember and and do better which, and it helps them change their behavior and self-regulate so powerful for all of us especially in parenting or teaching like anger create principles out of those experiences and right. anger them so that it it reinforces it and i wish you guys could see it in our older kids like they just endure everything beautifully. Oh, they do. Not a word of complaint. They have the best attitudes. Everything falls apart, and they're like, "Sweet, where are we going next?" And and, and, and it's, it's funny. because we've been training them their whole yeah. lives. And this it's way. funny to see them too with the younger kids because they will. I mean, I've heard my kids literally say these words of like, "If mom and dad tell you to sleep on the floor or to eat that, like you will do it because they're doing all of this for us. Like you're just gonna." You're going to deal with whatever they say you're going to deal with without complaining, you know? Yeah. Like, they just know. They just have the standard of, like, we're just going to, whatever comes, we're going to handle it and deal with it, and that's how it is. And it, that's not born of luck. It's born of experience and teaching. Again, that's part of what we're talking about, the investment in them. They, gosh, they just will endure whatever mm -hmm. discomfort joyfully, and then they'll help other, yeah. like, they'll pick somebody else's stuff I'm like I got this let's go and and they just have become they've become assets exactly they, they, they well they assets. absolutely have they have become assets yeah. because traveling with them now compared to when they were small I mean it was so much harder than and now they are assets they, they're just helpful in so many ways it's yeah. unreal in fact our son right now is heading back to the laundromat on his, well, he's going back with his brother so they can ride scooters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're going to go rock around town on their own and go pick up laundry and bring it back for us, right? This is awesome. It's, yeah. it's a cool experience. But let's let's share some logistics now. Yes. So, and, and I hope the logistics helps. I know I hope you'll want to travel. I hope you'll put some big dreams um, and plans on your calendar uh, this year and do it now. Spend some time this week and put some big stuff on the calendar, even if you do not yet know how you can pull it off. Mm -hmm. Put it on in the fact, calendar now. In fact, I think that's a key ingredient. You have to do it before you know how you'll pull it yep. off. That's the only way you'll actually pull it off is by committing to do it yep. before knowing how to do it. And we learned that a hard way by, with all the best intentions, uh, wanting to do things and never doing them. And it just pains me still 
And when we finally said, you know what, if it doesn't get scheduled, it doesn't get done. And if you don't commit to it, it's not likely to happen. So you just got to pick something and say, this is going to happen. And what happens is your mind and God and the universe conspire in your favor to work things out, to start finding options and opportunities to make things happen. It's really powerful. Well, and I just, I want to emphasize that because I know we've talked about it before. And I know we've done other podcast episodes about it, but it's just so true. Like we've never had the way paved before us before we took the first step. Like that's never, ever, never ever happened. And it ne- doesn't happen like that. Every single time we've done anything that appears to be amazing or incredible or inspiring, it's always been with a lot of effort. And it's always happened by stepping into the unknown, not knowing how we're gonna make it happen. And it's often included just moving forward forward anyways. Yep. Like even with this trip we're on right now, and this has happened before with every trip we've done, um, not the specific thing, but something like it. With this trip, our plan had been to sell our house as that was part of our plan, but we didn't sell the house, but we went forward anyways. Like we just still moved ahead because we're like, no, we've committed to this. We're going to do it. We're going to make it happen. Now we're going to rent out our house, which is another great option as well. But I guess it's like, it's not that everything always works out perfectly. It's that you, I will either find a way or I will make a way. Like Mm -hmm. that's what it is. You just find a way or you make a way to make it happen. And that's how you achieve your dreams. And almost always, in order to make a way, you have to become yes. more of a, more. You have to become exactly. more. And so you have to be bigger and better, which is exactly the formula for life. It's and, why we're here. It's yeah. why we were created, to become more. And it's actually exactly the point, at least one of them, of why you're doing it. Yep. To become more. To become more of an asset. It's by growing into that person who's able to make it happen. So awesome. Okay, so one of the questions was, I'm wondering how you guys do it. You must be minimalistic as you have to take all your belongings with you when you travel around the world. Well, we look like a circus show every time we move. (laughs) (laughs) We have so much stuff. There was a time when we did literally take pretty much all of our belongings with us when we traveled. At this point though, we don't because just answering this as we go. Um, we actually have a full storage unit back in the state of Georgia that we will be shipping to Portugal when we finally settle there. But we are carrying about two bags per person so currently. So one large bag. Well, actually, the little girls have a the little, little girls just, That's it. Well, they have two bags, but they're two small bags. Yep. Like a backpack size. That they can handle. And a smaller backpack for their toys. And then Atlas is 12, and he's got a decent size backpack, and but it's even, it's even partially empty, so he's good. And then all the adults have a big bag and then a backpack. Yes, so we all have about two bags each. And I'm, I'm carrying, I figured it's about 80 pounds of stuff on Mover every time we go somewhere. And mine's probably around 50 pounds. And I was going to, we were all going to backpack Europe and I started with a backpack but then realized it was too small <laughs> and then realized I wasn't going to be able to carry a bigger bag so I ended up getting we, a rolling We put like a 25 bag. pound pack on Rachel and she about fell over and we're like this is not gonna work. <laughs> I think it was bigger than that but anyway so I have a rolling bag that I got from RAI which is amazing. Oh and it's, it's incredible. I think 100 liters. Mm-hmm. 110 pretty, liters, pretty much and full. then then I was on a 
I went on an expedition trip to Guatemala and Honduras, and so I was practicing living out of my bag, and I had about 75 to 80 liters, and I realized it wasn't gonna be enough. So I bought a huge duffel bag in Guatemala that's 130 liters. Yeah. Uh, so that's my big bag, and then I was carrying that sucker you around, and it worked. That. It has straps on it, so it worked, but it's huge. So then I was like, man, how, there's gotta be a way to to, I, I loved Rachel's setup. Yes, he was. So jealous. I was like, "Gosh, this is great! How can I get some wheels?" So we were in, it was in Oslo. Oslo. Yeah, we were in Oslo, Norway, and um, I started looking around. And I went into this hardware store, and they had this collapsible hardware dolly that can carry like 300 pounds. <laughs> these big wheels, and I'm like, "Beautiful! I'm gonna strap my bag to this thing," and and so that's what I've been doing, and it's been awesome. It's great. So it's yeah. like it's like having. A huge piece of luggage on wheels. It, it works fantastic. So that's there's another little hack there for, for when you're when you're wandering, get a little. Well, uh, and so speaking of the duffel bags, because that's kind of another little hack. The reason why you have the duffel bag, and I actually bought a bag that's duffel bag style, is because you can lift up the flap that basically opens up the entire thing. And you can see one of the almost hardest, all your stuff at a glance. Yeah, one of the hardest things about a traditional backpack although i think they're changing them nowadays is that you have to dig down into yeah. the bag to try and find your stuff yeah. and that's a lot harder when you're doing that especially daily you've got packing cubes in there packing cubes is that's of course a huge hack yep um but if you can't see all of them you have to pull them all out and put them back in so if you can just open the bag and see everything in there that's a lot easier way to access your stuff and then if you can pack everything in the same packing cube in the same way every time, mm -hmm. that kind of order helps with like, ah, where's my shirt? Ah, oh, where's my shirt? Where's my sock? Yeah. Oh, I and can't find anything. Actually, this makes a huge difference. And it's basically the idea of putting everything in the same pocket every time. So every time I need my chapstick or my nail clippers, like they're in the same pocket always, or my headphones, or because if you just end up throwing them wherever, every time you go looking for it, you don't know where it is. And so you're going crazy because you're like, where is that? I can't find it. That's actually a really important point I want to make. And th this can happen whether you're traveling or at home. If you're disorganized like that, it, it gets so it irritating and so frustrating. It. And you're just like, can't find my stuff. Oh, it's over here. It's over there. And you get so frustrated and you keep blaming the circumstance, right. which traveling this is a perfect is so... example of self-sabotage. It's not the circumstance. It's your habit. Yes. Your habit is causing the irritation, the frustration that you're blaming on this thing. So you might want to stop or your survival brain says, this hurts, this is painful, stop doing this thing and you avoid it. When reality was you just didn't have a good system. Mm -hmm. And that's so true with everything. It's true with whether it's cooking or cleaning or taking your kids to the park or whatever. You, you, know, you might want to take your kids skiing and you did it once and oh man, that was terrible. I'm never doing that again. We learned our lesson. And no, you didn't learn your lesson. You learn the wrong lesson. Mm -hmm. It's it's often, if not always, comes back to systems and strategies. Yeah. yeah. And so, so when you have a simple system like that, then you're not frustrated about where where's my eye mask or my earplugs or my journal. You know exactly where it is because you put it in the same place every time and it's always there and you can find it when you yep. need it. And it just eliminates so much hassle. Something just came to mind I want to share. We all have laptops. Uh, the kids brought iPads. We got new iPads for the kids that are small, and they, we've got headphones specifically for the girls. Um, well, for everybody actually, everybody has, headphones, has headphones, so that on long ferries or long train rides or bus rides, they can watch movies because that's a really good way to to pass the time. But we also then use them, and again, there's controls on it and everything, and we use them 
um, very strategically for study time. So today's a study, this whole week's a study week, right? And so they're using those devices to access all kinds of academies, schools, classes, tutors, apps mm -hmm. for education uh, on those books. And particularly audiobooks. We love and emphasize audiobooks yeah. in our family. So, and this kind of ties into the next part of this question. I'm finding it hard to let go of things, especially my kids' books and toys. I guess I have an emotional attachment which I need to get rid of. You guys love to read books, but what do you do with them when you travel? Do you just get rid of everything? Now, we kind of answered that a little bit. Um, but this is a real thing. Like, and, I, and we went through this thing. You do literally have an emotional attachment to your stuff. That's legit. Every one of us has that. We initially went through the process of breaking that emotional attachment. We, well, we talked about this before the podcast, but we didn't mention it here. When we started pursuing our dream life, which was our dream life was full-time family travel, we couldn't afford to do both. We had to choose. And so back then we chose to give up all of the stuff in order to pursue the dream of traveling. And that was a painful process. It was difficult. But so powerful and, and relieving afterwards. Yeah. Like it's like ripping the band-aid off. You know, to watch your things go out the door to some stranger, you're just like, ooh. But then all of a sudden you felt so free. Yeah, you did. So light. It was a process that I I would say I know what I how hard this could be, but I would say I would recommend it to people. Yeah. Like it it's a worthwhile process of feeling free of all of your belongings. Um, I think, you know, it's been said before that you, your possessions possess you. Like you, you don't own them, they own you. And, and I definitely felt that that was true. We went through that. Um, so that's something that we went through of giving up everything in order to pursue the dream and which eventually became actually an investment in ourselves, an investment in our children. So it was, it was worth it in every way but we also then realized going through that process that I remember specifically coming to this realization of like, well, actually, you know, some possessions are valuable. Yep. They bring you, they bring you joy. They bring you utility. So owning stuff, because for a while we were kind of like owning things. We don't want to own anything, you know? And then we we're like, well, no, actually owning things is, can be great and wonderful as long as it doesn't control you. And so we came back into this, you know, owning things that brought us keep, joy and pleasure and, yeah. and utility. Keep what is essential and what has high value. Yeah. So we're actually, we store a lot of our wealth in nice things, including nice yeah. books and right. nice, we, we purchase art and we, we buy lots of nice things. And those things, yes, we do store. Right. So now we are at this point where, and it was specifically, I think, the last three years where we had a home base in the States and we did... You know, we acquired furniture. Um, you've been collecting leather books and things like that. I feel like I need to buy some more. I'm yeah. just having this urge. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, loves, Greg loves anything leather, pretty much. Um, so now at this point, we have not given up or gotten rid of all of those things. We now have the option to choose. And we are traveling, but we put all that stuff in storage so that we can move them to our future home base in Portugal and set it all up there, yep. right? We did do a huge purge though, yeah, which was, we didn't again, it was a great experience. Just sell off and give away tons of things. It was a really well, great experience. I honestly think purging in general is just something you should do yep. regularly. Agreed. Like, 
because of the nature of our lifestyle, we end up purging every six months, if not more. Um, And I love it. I love purging. I think it's great to do because by nature, you just end up collecting way too much stuff. And I think back to this whole systems and strategies thing, a lot of, a lot of reason, a lot of the reason people have a frustration and annoyance and irritation in their life is because part of it is they just have too much stuff. They literally don't have enough room for everything they own. Like that's just another simple strategy. Don't have more stuff than you have room for storing. Pretty safe to say most Americans, this is gonna sound really bold, but most Americans have too much stuff. (laughs) And and most of them will be the first ones to tell you that. We just have too much stuff. But again, like Rachel was alluding to, we're in a different place now. We have a, a, a beautiful home and some property in Central America, and it's fully furnished and decorated, mm-hmm. and it's all there. Like, and it's it's stacked. We can show it's up and loaded. it's ready to operate, and yep, you know. we can walk right in, and or we can rent it out. It's just fully ready. And then we are uh, we're purchasing another home in in the south um, that we'll rent out, so that'll be an asset. But there's a home there. It is mostly empty. Um, but then we're in a different spot, and then we're gonna go. We're gonna go get a place in Portugal, um, and then eventually in France as well. Yeah. So back to this idea that if you are wanting to have more experiences, you might need to go through that yep. process. You might need to go through the process of getting rid of things, moving out of your house, selling your house. You know, there, there's a lot of different options. Only you are really gonna know what's best for you. But it might be something that's a part of your journey of going through that process because it is a very worthwhile process to help you grow, develop, and to have this proper relationship with, with stuff. stuff and things. Yeah. One of the things that comes up, that came up for us big time and comes up for a lot of clients or people we work with, um, again, all these experiences. So even even going through this process, even this email that we received, it, wh- what it is, it, it brings up the things. Mm-hmm. Like you start thinking through something and it brings up an issue that needs to be addressed. Don't back away from it. Right. Be like, ooh, that's interesting. What is this revealing? What is yes. this calling me to do? And one of the things that came up for us and with others is the scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. So often this, quote, attachment to your stuff is actually fear. Yeah. Fear-based and scarcity. Like, oh, man, if I get rid of this, I may never have it again. Or right. this, this cost me so much. This was so hard. And, and it's all born out of a, a scarcity mm-hmm. mindset. And that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Right. So whatever you're out doing or however you're doing, if, if, if that fear or the scarcity starts to come up, it needs to be addressed. Don't just back away from it because of scarcity. Lean into it and address it. Exactly. That's a great point there. Okay. So, um, well, and because you mentioned the kids' books and the toys, I think it's also important to touch on that a little bit because it's a good process for your kids to go through as well. Yep. Like they have to learn this journey that they have to go through this journey okay we're back uh you didn't know we were gone you didn't know we were gone and we didn't know we were gone we were going on for like another good 30 minutes about all kinds of awesome things it was, it was amazing so good so that's we're gonna revisit all of that and answer some more questions in the next podcast so be ready for the next episode it's gonna be awesome um yeah, we just, tried to re-say what we just said yeah because so it just great. the recording just stopped but but we just wanted to emphasize there um, whatever comes up, like see it as an opportunity, a calling to chance to grow, do it with your kids. You know, we're buying little toys with the kids along the way here on the trip. They're getting little things well, and they left some things and 
Right, it's a good process for your kids to go through, because we're tying it back into this, that they go through this process of, as well of being able to detach from things. That's good for your kids to do. And to be able to value, have more value for one thing than another. Like that's something that we have done with our kids of like, okay, you can't have everything. Which one do you love the most? You can bring that one, right? You get to bring that toy. The other things, some of the things you get to get rid of because you don't care about them that much. Others you get to keep and see later. So it's just this process of identifying what you what, value what matters. more, yeah. what brings and you more joy, what a, right? What a great benefit for our kids to start learning how to do that early on. Right. In and a so really healthy way because ultimately the underlying um, practice here in principle is your relationship with things. We all have a relationship with stuff and things and food and money and, and whatever. And so working on that relationship is a beautiful thing. Well, and we see the, the sickness of that in something like hoarders, you know, people who are hoarding stuff, it's because they have a very unhealthy relationship with stuff. And so it is good for, that's another reason we found value in traveling in this process we went through a, w with getting rid of our things was that it helped us to fix that relationship and helps our kids to practice doing that so that we don't end up being hoarders or something like that, you know? Do you know what it, do you know what it does though? Exposure. And, and I, again, you guys know we are advocates of travel because I think it is one of the most effective ways to get exposure. But exposure reveals things about yourself. And so in going out and traveling and having experiences, you, you it's like you bump into things. You bump into a lot of different things. And some of them are like, well, that's great. And some are like, oh, man, that hurts. And it it's just pointing out areas where you can grow and improve or mm -hmm. make adjustments. And so as you're, as you're going along, it's, it's the perfect environment for refinement and improvement, just like you and I always talk about with marriage. Mm -hmm. Your marriage isn't so that you have someone there that will just accept you the way you are and you don't have to grow and, and praise improve and anything. worship you. Yeah, it's just like, oh, don't ever change. Just, you're just perfect the way you are. You just be that way. It's the exact opposite. The marriage is the perfect environment for growth. And that kind of growth hurts. Like you're living with another human being who's pointing out all your flaws and holding up a mirror to you and like, hey, stop doing that, it's annoying. It's, yeah. or, or it's pathetic, it's underdeveloped. That's what marriage is for. That's what travel can be for. Right. And so we're going out and quote, finding ourselves, but that's not enough. Um, I think it was George Bernard Shaw that said, stop, stop trying to find yourself and start choosing to make yourself. And so travel can be this self-discovery but really all it's doing is revealing all the things we can work on. Yeah. Which right. is really awesome. I yeah. love that idea. So, and okay. In that's why we go through it. And that's why we have our kids go through it because they're practicing that journey. And it's every part of it. It's not just the getting on the plane. It's not just seeing the famous site and taking the Instagram photo. It's everything that leads up to that, which includes getting rid of my stuff. And, you know fixing my attachment to things and all of it. Okay, so we're gonna kinda close this one up and do another episode, despite the fact that we went on for another half hour before. But answering other questions answering and other diving questions. into this super I cool philosophical idea around, I'll just tease it out here, yeah. geographic restriction. 
and how that is playing out in your life yeah. and restricting your life. Whoa. Um, but just to finish with this one question, because we did start getting into the other question for that, which we'll now do next time. I don't think we covered this already now that I can't remember, but she said, you guys love to read books. What do you do with them when you travel? And I think we did talk a little bit about that that was lost. Um, and we do love books. And, but on, it's kind of this idea of, and I don't remember if I talked about it or not, about the type of travel you're doing. That's gonna determine, that's gonna, I find the type of travel you're doing is constantly determining how we pack, what we pack, what kind of bag we pack. Cause I get questions like this all the time. What kind of bag do you use or suitcase? What, what do you pack on a trip? I'm like, it totally depends on the type of trip we're doing. If you're road tripping, or overlanding, that's gonna to be total, totally different packing than if you're backpacking or if you're flying on a plane versus you know, taking a train or versus staying at an Airbnb versus hotels. The type of trip you're doing determines what you're packing, essentially, and how you're packing. All of that makes a difference. You only brought one physical book. Yeah. And I brought three for my habits class, which I'm so, habits for sex, successful life class for youth and young adults. Mm -hmm. Which starts these, next week. These three books were super pivotal at different points in my life. They are game-changing, awesome. We're, we're actually going to do four books in this in this semester. So if you have youth or young adults, man, get in on this. It starts next week. It's incredible. So you um, brought those. And we miss. We all miss physical books. Right. Parker's been reading massive amounts of Kindle books. We've all been listening to audiobooks. Yeah. Which we love to do anyways. And so... So I've been, I've been reading on my phone, which I hate to do, and I've been listening, which I love to do, but I miss having a physical yeah. book in my hand. But because of the type of trip we were doing, which was traveling by train through Europe, we've traveled, um, we've road tripped Europe before, and we brought lots of books mm -hmm. that time. Because we had a, a massive safari roof rack and a trailer. Yes. <laughs> so that was a different type of travel. Um, but this time, we needed to be light because we have to carry everything and, you know, walk with it. So... Not very many physical books. But we'll, we have all my nice leather books, and we will ship them to my library because I want a huge, huge personal library. So the, yes, the so good books you, stay. Yeah, you had, you kept all of your leather, nice leather books that you have, and we're going to ship them to Portugal. But like, here's one example that relates to education. I did have a book that I've used with most of my kids on teaching them how to read in 100 Easy Lessons. And I was using that with my two youngest girls, and I thought about bringing it, but it's kind of a big book, and it's paperback, and I ultimately I decided not to bring it, and I'm glad I did, because it was just too big. And so in, in that place, I'm using apps and other things to help them continue with their learning, despite that that would have been their first preference, is to bring that book, but it just was too much. And so, you know, it's just kind of this weighing of options and then it doesn't mean and see sometimes we think well oh I guess we just can't do that I guess my kids just can't learn how to read while we're traveling so maybe we just shouldn't travel because they need this book to learn how to read well no you just have to find other solutions exactly. like there's other ways to do it you just have to be creative and look for answers instead of saying oh if this then that in the next episode we'll, we'll allude to this with musical instruments and developing long-term yes. skills and abilities like well, do we have to sacrifice that what does that look like all there are there alternatives and how do we how do we pursue mastery and education 
while being on the move? Is it possible? Do I have to give up education and mastery in order to travel? Mm -hmm. Or is there a way to have both? Yes. And, we'll, and we'll we are going time. to recreate that amazing conversation. Yes, we are. Next it is, time. It is awesome. Okay. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Um, if, if you've liked this and you haven't, leave a rating for the for the podcast. Share this with friends and family and colleagues, people who, who are interested. You had conversations about this stuff. Share these episodes. Get this out there so we can all live our own unique dream lives and raise absolutely extraordinary families. Love you guys. Reach upward.